Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second hour of the Live with Rank program. Again, I want to thank Congressman Isinga for coming on air. I appreciate that very, very much. And actually, for coming actually into the studio because I had never met him. And with all the travels I've done through this state and politics specifically, uh, because he was always on the uh, west side of the state, just didn't get a whole lot of opportunity to uh, discuss the issues with him. And I'm glad he came in today. And, and again, I want to thank him for personally coming in uh, so we can each, uh, well, quite an uh, honestly, take a measure of each other. This first interview, I wanted it to be just a a meet and greet type thing. So you guys who don't know of Congressman Heisinga, uh, you do a little bit more now. We'll certainly have him on in the future. He's running in this new fourth district, a district that currently Fred Upton has a lot, uh, a big portion of, but not all. It was basically made up of quite a few different districts. Peter Myers district to the east, Fred's district, part of uh, Bill's district, all due to the fact that we lost a congressional seat because of the migration of our people out of the state or just not maintaining enough uh, people in the state and other states were going. And, and this goes back to, oh, by the way, for some reason, the staff attorney, those of you who may be waiting for my interview with Chris Line, staff attorney for the Freedom From Religion Foundation, he has not called in. What I'm wondering, though, <laughs> is if he thinks it's Wisconsin time, I'm pretty sure they're an hour behind us. And it is our time, Eastern Standard Time. So I'm wondering if this is not going to happen until 11 o'clock. So I apologize for that. I will certainly find out. I've fired off an email to him to find out, hey, where are you? Were you thinking it's a, a different time? Again, is it... It just all came down right before the show started uh, that I was starting to wonder where he was. So I didn't check exactly uh, time-wise, but I'm pretty sure that's they're an hour behind us. So that being said, my interview with Chris Line, and I'm really looking forward to it, could be an hour from now. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, he is the staff attorney for the Freedom From Religion Foundation who just successfully went after... Now, let me see if I get this right. Oh, hold on. I want to make sure I get it right. Leelanau County, up in the upper north of Traverse City, way up there, and got them to stop their prayer before their board of commission meetings. So I wanted to talk to him about that. I'm betting that he thinks it's 11, 10.02 his time, which is 11.02 or 11.06 our time. So stay tuned for that. We'll find out more. I hope I'll be able to interview him because I was really looking forward to this. And I hope it wasn't him reading the piece I put out there and not wanting to come on. Actually, no, at that point, he would have wanted to come on because he'll know what I'll be talking to him about. So let's go back to what I was just uh, talking about. And that was us losing a congressional seat. And that's why you see a lot of the the districts from a congressional perspective. So you have state districts. You have st state for state rep. You have state Senate districts. And then you have congressional districts, of which we now have 13. We used to have 14, I think it was. We now have 13. And, well, going, uh, sorry, something just, 
I saw something happen and I was wondering what, what, what it was about. That being said, let's get back on track here, Rank. You're, you're, again, I'm, sometimes I'm like a dog. Squirrel! Whew, sorry about that. And in these congressional districts, because we lost one, there's even more of a redistricting, I think, than we would have saw just in this general redistricting every 10 years after the census. All right? So that being said, that's why you have three different congressional districts or what used to be three different congressional districts all coming into part of one and the same thing happening uh, all over the place. So you met him, Congressman Bill Heisinga, and he gave you some background on himself. I would certainly suggest look into it. It could be him and... Uh, Fred Upton going against each other. A state rep, Steve Carr, is also going after uh, that seat. And I apologize if I forgot anybody else. Uh, there may be some others that uh, will be running in the primary for the Republican uh, Party coming up soon. And certainly we'll have Bill in, uh, Congressman Heisinga back in to get more depth into the the topics of the day. Now. Let's get back to what's happening here in the state of Michigan. This is a Detroit News article written by Craig Mauger titled Republican AG Candidates Criticize 1965 Ruling Against Contraceptive Ban. This has nothing to do with Craig, at least yet. It has to do with Dana Nessel. I'm going to read to you the first paragraph of this article. Two of the three Michigan Republicans who hope to be their party's nominee for attorney general said Monday they oppose bans on contraceptives after publicly criticizing a 1965 U.S. Supreme Court ruling on the subject. You got that? So two of the three said we are not for contraceptive bans. What that goes, it goes back to this 65 uh, ruling where the, I guess some states, uh, it may have been Mississippi, if I remember correctly. I'm looking real quickly into that decision. Anyway, uh, some states were trying to say that married people couldn't use contraceptions back, uh, contraceptive uh, whatever, back in the 60s. That, that's kind of crazy. And then the Supreme Court came in and basically took that right away from all the states. Now, the criticism, it's my understanding, from these uh, Republican primary candidates for attorney general, so the ability to run against Dana Nessel, the criticism came from overreach. Again, the federal government dictating to a state what it should do or uh, shouldn't do. Now, you may think it's the stupidest law in in the world. And I would think that too. I would agree with you. But I'm a person of principle and it's either you're for states' rights or you're against states' rights. And the more we give up state rights to the Supreme Court, to the federal government, the worse it'll get for us. We'll end up being like that very sad country called Canada. So that's all they did. They criticized the fact that it was overreach by the U.S. Supreme Court reaching into what they believe should have been a state's rights. 
So again, the first paragraph is two of the three Michigan Republicans who hope to be their party's nominee for attorney general said Monday they opposed bans on contraceptives after publicly criticizing a 1965 U.S. Supreme Court ruling on the subject. Key point, they didn't agree or disagree with it. They criticized it, and I told you why. The bigger point is they are opposed to bans on contraceptives. Three paragraphs later, we see it's reported that the most activist attorney general we've ever had here in the state of Michigan, Dana Nessel, tweeted this out. Quote, each of the radical Republicans running for Michigan AG want to overturn the right for married couples to use contraceptives, contraceptions without being prosecuted, end quote. A flat out lie. And I really wish Craig Mauger would have pointed that out. Now, he is a straight news person. I do see him all the time pointing out things like, well, there's never been any, anytime they talk about the election and stealing it, there's never been any proof. There's never been. So he, he interjects what some would consider opinion. Others would consider fact. But that's how bad Dana Nessel is. And, and you guys who maybe would vote for a Democrat, think about that. These Republican candidates said, I oppose bans on contraception. She tweets out that they said the opposite. There are four bans on prosecution. Again, they said, I am against bans on contraceptions, uh, contraceptives. And she tweets out, each of the radical Republicans running for Michigan AG want to overturn the right for married couples to use contraception without being prosecuted, end quote. That is how bad these people are. And if the media doesn't approach her and ask her, why would you just tweet a complete lie like that? And if you're going to lie about something that is so easy to prove you to be wrong... It's the first paragraph in the article. Now, she tweeted it before the article, but they said they're against it, and she just completely flipped it and said they were for it. Lines are now open, 269-441-9595. Again, 269-441-9595. You're listening to The Live with Rank Show. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. Thank you very, very much for that. 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about today, if you call in, please let the phone ring. Someone will eventually get to it. Uh, I would appreciate that uh, very, very much. Or stand hold. If you are, we will get to you. Prior to the break, I was telling you, and that's why I played uh, the fine song, Would I Lie to You? Uh, you... It is so black and white with Dana Nessel, uh, the most activist, um, radical attorney general we ever had who could care less about a constitution. What's a constitution? She can't even spell it. Literally sent out a tweet and spoke about the exact opposite or said the exact opposite happened. Two of the three Michigan Republicans who are running the primary said they oppose bans on contraceptives. Someone in the audience went back to a 1965 law and asked him about it. 
And they basically said, I'm not really sure what it is. We'll have to look into that. Uh, but it is a law, they say, I hear, uh, that paved the way for Rovers Wade. Maybe that's why they were asking these questions of them. But they say that the law had something to do with banning contraceptives in a married couple. Uh, How you would even know uh, they use or don't use them, I don't know. Uh, But anyway, they said, no, we oppose. We oppose banning contraceptives here in the United States. And Attorney General Dana Ness will turn around and tweet it out that they're for banning contraceptives contraceptives here in the United States. Quote, each of these radical Republicans running for Michigan AG want to overturn the right for married couples to use contraceptions without being prosecuted, end quote. That's what I wanted to tell you about. Oh, here it is. It's called the Griswold ruling. But that isn't even why I brought it up. I brought it up for... uh, the sake of showing you how even when they can easily be proven to not be telling the truth, they don't tell the truth. Now, yesterday, I wrote a piece. That piece was, should the University of Michigan basketball coach, Joan Howard, be fired? Well, he wasn't. There's a follow-up piece out there with some cool video I titled it, Not Fired, University of Michigan's basketball coach, Jawan Howard, suspended five games. Five games. Big Ten, in collaboration with Michigan and Wisconsin, announced yesterday that Jawan Howard has been suspended for the final five regular season games and fined $40,000 for his role in Sunday's post-game altercation where he struck punched, well, open-hand punched, Wisconsin assistant coach in the head. I, I just found that interesting that a coach can physically attack a person on a Big Ten basketball court and only get a five-game suspension. I wonder if anybody out there even believed he should have gotten that other than homers. Now, I'm not taking one side or the other. I'm not a Michigan man, used to be, not a state man. I am a Big Ten fan, and I am a fan of uh, not being hypocritical. And I'll, I'll get into that, why I brought that up. So a guy who can physically attack a person on a Big Ten basketball court, the Big Ten said, that's fine, five-game suspension. You think that's going to be a great example to the young man on those teams? Now, many sports analysts were predicting that he would be not only fired for the rest of the season, but also, not fired, excuse me, at least suspended for the rest of the season. But they thought he would be suspended through the postseason, too. They didn't do that. If Michigan makes it into the postseason, he'll be able to come back and coach. Now, in a statement, Howard said the following, quote, 
after taking time to reflect on all that happened, I realized how unacceptable both my actions and words were and how they affected so many. I am truly sorry. I am offering my sincerest apology to my players and their families, my staff, my family, and the Michigan fans around the world. I would like to personally apologize to Wisconsin assistant coach Joe Krabenhoff and his family too, end quote. The U of M basketball coach went on to say, quote, lastly, I speak a lot about being a Michigan man and representing the University of Michigan with class and pride. I did not do that, nor did I set the right example in the right way for my student athletes. I will learn from my mistake and this mistake will never happen again, end quote. Now, as I put in my piece, it's very nicely written words. The question with anybody's apology, not just him, anyone, is do they truly mean it? And he may. We'll have to see how he acts for the rest of his career. Now, we all screw up in life. And those of us who are passionate people, I include myself in that, know what Howard is going through. Everyone in life, short of certain crimes, murder, rape, uh, child abuse, what have you, deserves a second or even perhaps a third shot in life. Now, the Michigan Wolverines are currently 14 wins and 11 losses for the season and eight wins and seven losses in the Big Ten. Now, I assume much of his passion or anger probably comes from his record. The assistant coach, Phil Martelli, will step up and serve as the acting head coach and director of basketball operations. So here's the question I have for you guys. Do you believe in his apology? Is a five-game suspension sufficient for the actions he took? Should he have been suspended for the remainder of the season? And by the way, Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard was fined $10,000. For what? I don't know. He wasn't suspended. He was fined. He did nothing. He did reach out to grab his arm to stop him, say, hey, I want to talk to you. Now, when you're a real man, that's not going to bother you in a situation like that. And again, I'm not saying he isn't a real man. I don't know enough about Howard. I don't know why he was so uh, aggressive. In fact, you should check out the piece I wrote and the picture. His finger is centimeters away from this guy's face. He was obviously the aggressor. So why their coach was fined, I have no idea. In fact, I read this morning in research for that piece that they're actually going to, uh, the school's going to pay his fine. Now, when I said I had some cool video, it's not just a new video showing how aggressive Howard was. But do you guys remember, those of you who are old enough, remember the great Woody Hayes? Back on December 29th, 1978, in the Gator Bowl, his quarterback threw an interception to a Clemson, I think it was a linebacker, defensive back, whatever. He ran, caught it, was running, was tackled right in front of Woody Hayes on the sidelines. Woody Hayes was the legendary coach 
for Ohio State. Woody Hayes punched the guy in the face, <laughs> in the face or the mask. It was unbelievable. And the video's there. That ended his career. And this guy was a legendary. As big as Bo is in Michigan, he was in Ohio State. And that ended his career. 269-441-9595. Lines are open. Love to hear from you. You're listening to The Live with Ring Show. You're listening to The Live with Ring Show. Thank you very, very much about that. Hmm, I'm wondering if our... Interview with the Freedom From Religion Foundation staff attorneys going to happen. No response uh, in a um, in over a half an hour now. So we'll have to see what's going on there. Pardon me. I have to fix something real quick. Stay tuned. I apologize for that. I'm just, as many of you probably already know, new studio, getting used to new. More importantly, it's not just new equipment. It's new software running it and having to fix things here and there that uh, I didn't expect to. So when you call 269-441-9595, if you have a thought about what we're talking about, please let that phone line ring. Someone will eventually get to you. Now, where was I at? I, um... I just totally forgot. So we're going to move on to this. I don't know what has happened as of I came into the station, into the studio. I don't know if Russia has actually, let me look it up real quickly here, has actually, yep, Russia has invaded East Ukraine. Uh, we expected that to happen. I'm just seeing now U.S. says more sanctions are next. Again, do you guys find it very interesting that when Biden was last in the office, but as a VP under Obama, what happened? Russia invades Crimea. Russia does nothing for four years while Trump is president. Biden gets seated as president. And what does he do? Invade more of Ukraine. Now, this isn't a surprise to anybody that this was happening. You're not going to sit there in a mass. The last I heard was almost 200,000 troops and not invade. I just find it very, very interesting. And I want all of you, not the far left, that they, you can't convince them. Those of you in the middle or, or center left, just to think about that. Yes, you didn't like Trump's uh, tweets or the way he sounded. In fact... One of you wrote me. Let me see if I can find it. John says, hey, Rank, I'm curious to know what a public survey would convey as Biden's greatest weakness slash fault. I guess most Americans would cite President Trump's ego uh, or his tweeting or his mouth. Those are some very obvious concerns that would have dissuaded public support in years past. As for Biden, I would suspect most Americans would cite his mental state slash senility, although his son would also be a very worthy response. How could America have elected this president with that observation? Well, A, that's why he hid 
That's why he was called hiding Biden, hidden in his mom's basement, well, his wife's house basement, right? Uh, and didn't come out much. It was out there for people to see, but they didn't care. The media's campaign against Trump, again, when the media was attacking Trump every day, it wasn't just for that day. And I mentioned this years ago. It was to lay the groundwork for the next election. They were looking at long term. So not only was it for the people, the few people that watch their channels or read their papers. And I mean by few, I'm talking about the MSNBC and CNN, not the the big three. That's what paid their bills. They like that. But it was also to just keep going after him. To beat him up, kind of like a boxer who does the body blows. And people are more excited about the big swings to the head. But it's the body blows in the end that bring down a boxer if you can get to or if they get to the later rounds. Same thing in football. You could be going against a great defensive team. But as long as you keep that defensive team on the field long enough, in the second half, they're tired. And that great defensive team starts opening up big holes. So they were just doing body punches every day, every minute of the day to Trump for, for those two reasons, I think. And it worked. It convinced enough people, uh, well, you decide if it worked. But let's just say with the numbers that came out, A, we found out that 15 million people who are Democrats and refuse to vote, or I would think a large portion of them, refuse to vote for Obama, I assume because of the racist uh, acts and they didn't want to vote for the black guy, uh, but voted for the old white guy because he got 15 more million votes than Obama did. If you believe all of that, these people were biting off their nose to spite their face. And now look. Now we have Russia just willy-nilly walking into another country now and taking it over. So ask yourself, why didn't Putin do it during the four years of Trump? Do you have a good answer for that? I, I don't. I don't know why he didn't do it other than he was worried what Trump would do. So the Democrats were all upset about Trump. He's going to lead us into war. He's going to lead us into war. And now we have their guy leading us into war. Not not outright, but by his weakness and his actions and what happened in Afghanistan. Many of you who watch or listen to talk radio, you're watching your news and you know a lot of what I'm talking about here. And here's another example. So yesterday when Putin came out and said, I'm just going to say these two territories, I think it was Donetsk. Well, I'm not going to attempt to, to read their names. Uh, those two eastern territories on his border are now, I'm recognizing them as their own country or republic. And then I'm sending troops in to uh, help them. And they made up this lie that people are being slaughtered and what have you. So what did Biden do? They came out and they immediately put sanctions on who? Russia? No. Putin? No. The Ukraine. 
Nothing for Putin, nothing for his top brass around him, nothing for the country, just for Ukraine in those two areas. Well, that was another sign, I think, of Putin showing its weakness. And this is dangerous because there's people out there who want us to go to war. Do any of you want to go to war over this? Do any of you believe we should send our troops in to something that is not really have anything to do with us? It's, I'd be more concerned, and that's why Germany, Germany, Italy, France, what are these guys doing? Because ultimately, it appears that Putin wants to take over the entire country. And then what's next? This is exactly what happened during uh, Hitler's time. They'd give up a little bit, and then he'd take the whole thing. And then he'd go to the next country and try to take a little bit, and then he'd take the whole thing. You know, one thing I would consider doing, I would ask my, quote, experts in that area. Wait, he just declared those two parts of another country uh, sovereign republics or whatever. Why don't we just declare parts of his country and those other borders sovereign countries or republics, we won't breakaways. We won't recognize him as we're representing them just to show him how stupid he is. Now, he doesn't care about that, but I thought that would have been certainly something that uh, would have been interesting to see his response. But now everybody is just reacting. That's all we're doing is reacting, reacting, reacting to him. Take a quick break. Come back after this. If you have a thought about what we're talking about, 269-441-9595. Please let the phones ring. Someone will eventually get to it. You're listening to the Live with the Rank Show. I appreciate that, as I do each and every day. 269-441-9595. If you have a thought about what we're talking about, I was talking about Russia. I didn't plan to go to Russia this quickly. I just happened to look up on the Detroit News website as and found that Russia has in fact invaded another country once again Ukraine didn't do it during Trump's time did it during Obama and Biden's time now twice and what happened when they first came out yesterday as I told you and Putin said we are recognizing these two uh republics that would be like Ohio saying we're recognizing uh, Detroit as a their own independent republic and we hear they're having troubles with the state of michigan we're sending in our national guard uh, to make sure that they are safe that's what he said putin yesterday and biden's response was we're going to put down our uh, our uh, sanctions on detroit And anybody who does work with Detroit, not Ohio, but Detroit, that's what he did. Well, now I assume that he's going to bring sanctions finally against Russia. We'll see what those sanctions are and how much of them. A senior U.S. official commented that this particular... If they only take part of Ukraine, it may not be a situation which which will bring our big sanctions down on them. In fact, he said, quote, 
We have anticipated a move like this from Russia and are ready to respond immediately. This actually came from the White House and Jen Psaki. President Biden will soon issue an executive order that will prohibit new investment, trade, and financing by U.S. persons to, from, or in the so-called DNR and NLNR regions of Ukraine. This was last night. So not Russia they're going to sanction. Just that part of Ukraine and if anybody tried to do business with it. She said this EO will also provide authority to impose sanctions on any person determined to operate in those areas of Ukraine. Now, the concern people are having is this unnamed official for the, I think it's the State Department, is talking about sanctions but possibly weakening them, weakening them now because depending on how much of the Ukraine he takes or the country he takes. It says here the U.S. officials noted that additional sanctions to be announced Tuesday won't be, quote, the swift and severe economic measures we've been preparing in coordination with allies and partners should Russia further invade Ukraine. End quote. Reporters pressed the officials on what exactly, quote, a further invasion means to the administration, but they declined to get into specifics. This is what it's the simple fact. They'll make it as complicated as they can make it. It's simple. Putin says, I'm taking part of or more than likely all of Ukraine. And this is how they started. They started it the same way when they took different parts years ago of breakaway republics. He makes up lies about what's happening in those countries. Kind of like what our uh, the Democrats did here in our country with white supremacists. Everywhere they saw, they saw white supremacists. It, it, is, a, it is propaganda. The Democrats were doing exactly what the communists do, just propaganda to set up a certain outcome. So Russia last night said, well, we're going to do that outcome. We all told you we're going to do. Biden said, well, now we're going to put a couple sanctions down on on me. You're going to do it on me? Putin said, no, no. Uh, My people? No, no. My country? No, no. Ukraine. And now he's rolled into Ukraine. We'll see today. Will it be the full sanctions like they said they're going to do or not? And the bigger question really is, what should happen now from the United States standpoint? It's what is our interest? I know for many people, including myself, you want to fight a bully like that. But that's just raw emotion. You got to think outside of that raw emotion on fighting a bully like Putin, a complete liar like Putin. And when you're the president, you can have the ability to send our daughters and sons into war and they'll die. There'll be some who die. This fight, to me, really is all those countries in Europe. 
That's what they should be worried about. Now, what they would say, well, he's only going to take those countries back that split from the Soviet Union when it separated. You want to bet your country on that? Go for it. Go for it. 269-441-9595. When we come back, I do not know what's going on with my interview. I don't know if something came up with them. If something came up with them or what with the Freedom From Religion Foundation. I was really hoping to talk to them. Something I started the show off with. A piece I wrote about a county here in Michigan who when was asked the question to pray or not to pray, they decided not to pray due to a letter sent to them by this group. So hopefully we'll find out that this guy was mistaken and it'll be the next hour. Or I'm not really feeling warm and comfy about that because I didn't even get a response on an email from him. Back and forth. He was back and forth with me yesterday when he'd come on air. But not today. We'll see. Hopefully we'll be able to make that happen. Also... Some updates on what's happening in Canada. It's it's sad. And, and, and the reason we need to talk about it, it's right on our border. And this country, Canada, is not as stable as a democratic, uh, a democratic country as we thought it was. I think many people just looked at them as like us. Now, they don't have the same constitution as us. But they have completely gone to the dark side. And that should worry people. Because as I stated, that country borders our country. And it's the longest continuous border in the world, I think. You listen to Live with Frank. We'll be right back.